Hey, Justin Wilford here. You're going to love the conversation I had this week with the amazing Ann Watson, editor-at-large for the Yes Collective. We break down the Aaron Ehrenberg episode on fighting for working mothers. We talk about leaning in versus leaning out, how humans didn't evolve to parent and work like this, and the unique challenges of single working motherhood. And we covered a lot more than that. But before we get started, just a quick note, if you're hearing this, then you're on our podcast's public feed, which means you won't get to hear the whole thing. If you want to hear the entire episode, we invite you to go to yescollective.co and sign up for our daily wellness membership. You'll not only get access to the Yes Collective app, but also to our private members-only podcast feed where we have full episodes like this one, as well as tons more amazing emotional wellness content, including our therapist circles, on-the-go articles, parent-focused meditations, and special episodes you won't want to miss. So head on over to yescollective.co, become a supporting member today, and we'll get you your own private podcast feed. So, Anne, we're doing the debrief on our uh, interview with Aaron Ehrenberg. Audra wasn't able to make it today. She's got a million things to do today. And today was the day that juggling we working work. mom. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Makes sense to me. Yeah. And you know what? Audra gets to talk with you in the mom-isode at the end of the month. So I get to talk with you today for the debrief. <laughs> Yay. on Aaron Ehrenberg's interview on really fighting for working moms. Like, mm. uh, like really. That no, was such um, a powerful episode. I was so um, happy to hear it. And it made me, I want to meet her. I'm like, she's my people. <laughs> oh my God. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so we were talking just a little bit before, uh, but let's, let's just rewind and start at the beginning mm -hmm. for you. Like, as you sit here right now, what is alive for you around this interview? What's the first thing that pops up? Just the um, general feeling of, well, for me personally at the moment, I'm having a general feeling of overwhelm. And um, it felt very validating listening to Aaron speak on the podcast about uh, how that is a universal feeling that working moms tend to have but that we don't always put out in the open. It's like a taboo and subject. Like we have to so pretend that everything's great. Oh my God. <laughs> so you said tend to have, after this interview, I started to think about all the working moms I know. And it strikes me that this is universal. Oh, it totally is. Working moms are expected to do everything. I mean, everything. it's like everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. <laughs> It's and it's really the possible. thing that hit me when she was speaking as well. Um, I was reflecting and going back to my birth experience with Russell and um, postpartum with him. And I know I shared that story on Yes Collective, but then also thinking about um, my leave that I took because I also was self employed um, when I had Russell. So there was no paid leave that I had. And I was the breadwinner at the time as well for our family. And, um, 
And so there was just this unbelievable pressure of like, okay, I need to get back to work because I have to pay. We, I remember pay, we were paying for our own health insurance. Wow. And by oh we, I mean, I, <laughs> and, and so there was just a, yeah, it was, I remember it was like right after covered California came into effect or something like that. Anyways, it, but long story short is that there's just this pressure that isn't talked about. It's like, we don't talk about it until after someone becomes a mom. Like it's like a secret that we all keep moms keep because we don't want to scare. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Anne. why do you think this is a secret? Because it's so hard. And so many women that I know, like I, I can't believe the overwhelming, it was a beautiful response I've had, but overwhelming response I've had of mothers who've shared their personal stories with me now, after I shared mine on yes, collective of birth trauma, postpartum trauma, it's so common, so common. And yet we paint this picture, right? Like as a society and frankly, of what Erin's experience was, I was like, oh, I'm so glad that she had such a beautiful experience becoming a mother. But then you've got like the flip side, right? If you have this really great, romantic, beautiful experience that does pan out nicely and you do fall in love with your baby immediately and what have you, that still isn't easy because it then you're still, still isn't there's literally like no win scenario. <laughs> and she taught, yeah, I mean, she talked about had she not had a, like a vet for her a husband. Husband as a vet and her mother. <laughs> and her mother with that, you know, she mm -hmm. would have suffered quite a bit more and yes. not have had that experience. Like yes. she, she, and so she acknowledged that, how fortunate was she was. And then what struck me, the whole lean in culture. I mean, I'm a guy and I've never worked in a corporate, well, in college, like it is a major underling, but like, besides that, never worked in a corporate environment, the whole lean in thing. It just, I saw it in the distance, kind of like rolling a thunder clouds. Okay. We have to pause. I literally, that was one thing that went straight over my head. What oh. is the lean in thing? Oh, I don't even know so what that is. Thank goodness it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I might butcher this. And so I, dear listener, I apologize beforehand. But as I understand it, Lean In mm. is a book written by Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook and about <gasps> women um, leaning into leadership in the corporate world and like lean in, of, you know, like, you know, don't, don't take a back seat. Don't, don't, okay. um, don't devalue yourself, like lean in. Um, you're just as valuable in the corporate world and you can be a leader and you can do all the same things. Okay. And so Aaron mentioned that in the interview and right. how that, I don't know if she said this explicitly. I can't remember if she said that lean in really resonated for her, for her before having her first child, but it was implied like, Yes, mm -hmm. you know, in the as a lawyer and entrepreneurial and she was doing stuff and just getting stuff done and making changes and in her career that she wanted to. And so it sounded like the lean in narrative resonated for her. And then when she had her first child, she was just blindsided by everything that this meant in her life. 
And so the whole lean in thing was no longer speaking to her like lean in. No, I, I, I want to be a mom. I also still want to be a part of, you know, like I still also want to have a career. I want to do these things, but this whole hard charging, devote your life and ignore everything else or devote your life to your career, devote your life to the corporate world or whatever career you choose no longer resonated for her. It seemed to me what I was hearing was where is the narrative for being a mom and also still really caring about your career, but it's not the only thing in your life now. <laughs> it's interesting because the term even lean in, I have this sort of policy <laughs> and this is taking this out to like a broader level, I guess, something that I've learned instinctually over the last eight, nine years of being a mom is my best approach and the best way that I can address things in the moment is when I actually lean out, like not mm. in, that when I zoom out, when I stop pressurizing and putting labels on and, and trying to force myself into a role, the more I lean out, out and, and and frankly, I have this thing again, you know, me miss meditation, but like I, I have a place literally that I envision that is up and back behind my head yeah. <laughs> that is my seat of consciousness, and it's where I observe what's happening versus being in it and like getting sucked into it. I I use the term lean out. Like I Man. just <laughs> I see your your first book. Lean out. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> lean in. Yes. Everyone, just take a take a pause because I think that when we lean in, then we get to, as my therapist says, I love her. She says, "Don't should all over yourself." <laughs> you start shoulding. You start thinking, "Okay, I should be the CEO of this company." Well, I should also be the mom of the year, and I should be the breadwinner for the family and the one who's also making all the lunches and, 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 and there's all these shoulds. And then when you can't live up because those expectations are so unrealistic. That's what I think I'm realizing is like the more I lean out and observe, I start to give myself a bit more credit actually when I, when I observe mm -hmm. by saying, wow, I'm doing a lot <laughs> and I'm doing the best I can. And what I am doing is enough. And I can't have society dictating to me anymore what I should be doing as a, as a working mom. And now being a single mom, that's a whole other layer to this oh thing. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we definitely need to talk about that. But before we do, I want to follow up. So you said society. Do you have any more specific understanding about where all of these shoulds come from like Isn't where does where does this expectation come from gosh that's a really really good thing to examine i think that um so there was something that was discussed in the podcast that um really resonated for me as well which is a guilt that we feel the generation that I'm in, and I believe Aaron's in, you know, that as mothers who, if we don't do all the things that the feminist movement won for us, then we're mm. somehow letting them down. 
the pendulum, in my opinion, has swung way too far to the other side now. It's like it used to be women can do nothing. Now it's women can do everything. (laughs) And must do everything. And must. (laughs) And if you don't, you're going to be letting down all the women before you who fought for you to be able to do this. And you need to like take advantage of that because they didn't have the same opportunities you did. Mm. And I feel like what's powerful is now, I think this movement, you know, with Totem and the, and what, where we're hopefully, I'm hopeful we're taking things is like, okay, pendulum has, was far to one side. It swung far to the other. I just, I feel like we've got to find a nice even space in the middle. Yeah. So I wonder what role dads have to play in helping swing that back to the middle, because as I'm reflecting on this working dads now, although I don't have any statistics to back this up, my feeling is that dads today do way more Mm -hmm. in terms of caring for kids around the house. Not that they're doing what they need to be doing or I, I, but I, I get the sense that, you know, Mm. for my dad and definitely his dad, the expectations were so, you know, it was like, Oh, you're, you know, you're going to come home and acknowledge the existence of your children at the end of the day. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> There's more people in my house. All, yes, yeah, yes. All oh, look, he remembers the names of, of all of his kids. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's so true. Oh my gosh. Or also like, don't make me go get your father. Right? Like Yeah, that. like, well, don't, yeah. So there was, there was that. And then uh, there was also like, oh, dad gets to come home and be the fun dad and just, that, just yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. but anyways, the roles, it was, it was mm-hmm. so, it was so circumscribed and narrow for the dad at home. Then it, I think it got a little bit better for my dad's generation. I think there was a little bit more involvement because I, so just as an example, I remember my dad saying how his mom Mm-hmm. took him to all of his baseball practices and his brothers as well. And his mom was really involved in their, like getting them to their after school stuff. Baseball was a big thing in their family. And mm-hmm. I, so I have memories of my dad talking about how his mom was involved in a lot of the activities all the way through high school. And mm-hmm. so I think, I, I don't know if, his dad even came how many games his dad even came to but definitely then in my gen- generation my dad had more of a role in after school sports not not huge cuz definitely my mom was a big part of it but more of a role and then my experience at least with max when he was in little league for a few years was whoa like dads are super involved now there's a lot of dad involvement now so i think there it it mm. is ramping up so this is all just to say though still um dads today still get like five gold stars for being the coach of the baseball team or like or for dropping kids off at school or you know sharing in this work Whereas for moms, it's just like, oh, that's the bare minimum. Like you're, I mean, you, you like to be a decent mom, you know, it, yeah. it, 
so just to meet like the threshold of social expectations, I think is what I'm getting at here. It's still yeah. the case that moms have such a higher bar to go yes. to just meet just the basic expectation. The of this is of this is what a mom should be doing versus a dad, what he needs to meet for what a dad should be. To be super dad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, hmm. Anne, if, uh, if you think there that hmm. a big part of the solution might be dads doing more, hmm. um, is, is it, is it also around shifting social expectations? Gosh, that's a really big topic and a huge, I mean, and again, this is also taking into, we're only talking about a certain part of the population who have a, a mom and a dad um, at absolutely. home. Absolutely. You know, there's lots of, there's lots of, well, gay families, even, you know, I'm thinking that where there's, and then, and then single parent families. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so w let's just then, then say, because Aaron's discussion was really right. about working moms. Yep. And so just for the sake of our discussion here will be, and, and then I think right after this, I want to talk about single moms because that's, Perfect. that's super important, but I guess yep. just right now. No, no, and... totally. I think talking about like the dual parent families where there yeah. are roles, roles to be played, let's say it that way. And the mother and the father, it's interesting because I talked about like pendulums, right? Where we started. And again, it's like the pendulum was in one direction for dads on one side when the pendulum for women was on another side, right? And then the pendulum for women swung, whoa, all the way to the other side. And I think that that pendulum for dads also swung to the other side as far as expectations. And, but yet the bar, like you're saying, the bar and, and sort of what dads are given credit for, like, yay, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so funny because you're like, um, I do that in my sleep. Thank you very much. As a you know, that's right. That's right. No, I, I that 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 was an yeah. eye opener for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. How because I was in graduate school when Max was born, and so I mm. had a flexible schedule. And yeah, mm. just like oh, there's there's the dad walking his baby. How wonderful he, you know. And right. moms don't mm -hmm. get moms don't get a gold star for walking their baby <laughs> in a stroller, but right. I but I got a gold star. <laughs> yeah. So again, you step into roles and the shoulds and sort of the expectations. I think that um, what it all boils down to ultimately, in my opinion, is like respect and communication in couples, right? Where it's, I liked something that was discussed in the podcast, which is being able to discuss your needs with your partner openly without fear of judgment and without fear of, yeah, like being told that what your needs are too much or whatever, like to just have an open sort of safe space to talk about what your needs are. Because I think that, again, the expectations put, I'll speak personally from my experience. I had expectations in my mind going into having my, my first, my only child of how my birth was going to look because, you know, I joined one camp. I joined the, oh, I'm going to have no medicine and I'm going to, you know, do this naturally and, you know, did all my prenatal yoga and had a doula and everything. Um, and so I had my, my birth plan of how I was going to have this look. I, I, uh, I was also the, you know, working mother already, the, you know, breadwinner for the family, the female 
brethren or who, how do I even say this? I, I just had a lot of roles that I had already put myself into these like definitions of what it was supposed to look like. So that then when the reality of my birth, which turned out the polar opposite one from, you know, any kind of uh, natural childbirth, it was like emergency C-section with all kinds of trauma. And then also my postpartum being so much more difficult than I ever anticipated. I felt shame. I think that's the biggest, and I was so embarrassed that I had had set myself up with these expectations that it felt shameful to ask for help. Like I was somehow going to be weak and like, because I don't want to be the weak little lady. Right. Like oh, that was wow. it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, yes. it's feminism and I'm strong. I can do anything. This was the narrative that was like given to me, but yet I think it was a good sort of, <laughs> break down for me to reach a point where it's like, I have no choice but to ask for help. How can we change this as a society? I mean, this is just like huge question. But it sounds like expectations was a huge yeah. thing. Had yeah. your, yeah, like had you had more mm -hmm. people like you telling the stories of how it really is or right? how it really could, could be. How it can and, be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How it, how it can be. That, that feels, that feels and to really be important. honest and vulnerable about that. Because I think that that's the thing that I also really admired about Erin, how she's like, I'll go first. I'll just be I'll the go one first. that's going to tell you. I loved that because I felt like that's what we need more of. There is a facade that I think um, a lot of us have listened to for the last couple of decades, frankly, of like, everything's fine. It's great. You can fall in love with your baby and then also run a business and totally run a household and everything's totally, and you can do it. And if you don't, you're somehow weak. Um, and dads, you were asking the question of how can dads sort of help or step up or change their role? I think that I'm going to give credit to dads because frankly, dads are kind of having to tiptoe around. I don't want to offend my wife and make her think that I don't think she's strong enough to do this. You know what I mean? Like mm. there's a bit of that. Don't you? I don't know. You're a dad. You can tell me that. But I know that for my husband, like he was very hesitant to overstep because I was very, I, I can do it myself, you know, like. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. Are you an oldest child? Yes. Anne? Was Tim? Yes. Oh, interesting. Because I feel like <laughs> with Audra and I, because we're oldest. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, it was never a case of me afraid that I was overstepping. Like I would just come back, <laughs> like, like no, let me take care of that. Or um, maybe, well, I maybe Audra would have liked me to have that thought. I, <laughs> <laughs> there were maybe times when she wished that I would have had. Oh my gosh! So, so, and I want to now shift and ask from the perspective of a single mom now mm -hmm. how did this episode land for you from that perspective was there something that was missing or mm -hmm. something that that you wanted more to hear more of there was nothing missing if anything it was just very validating and again i identified deeply with um a lot of what was discussed i think all it is is i guess i will speak on behalf of single moms, single working mothers out there. 
yeah, um, to say that everything that working mothers are experiencing who have partners, it's like, don't take that for granted is what I want to mm. say. Like having somebody, no matter how much they might be annoying you that day or how much, you know, whatever, <laughs> you have another set of hands. You have someone who you can ask to help you. I think that's what has been really whew, very awakening for me over the last, you know, year and a bit since my husband passed. That like last summer was my first summer of being a single working mom, but everything was still pretty fresh. Hey there, if you want to hear the full episode, become a daily wellness member at yescollective.co and we'll send you your own private podcast feed to hear this and tons of other members only Yes Collective content.